And welcome back. You're listening to another episode of a show called Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never, ever, ever played professional sports in their lives. This is brought to you by the Believe Network. Every topic, every team, everywhere. Hashtag, do you believe? I'm your host, Max, along with Shreyas. And let's talk sports. Amateur hour. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to episode 85. 85, Shrey, that feels like mm. a big number. I mean, we're right in the prime of the 80s. I feel like we're about to crest the hill upon which sits 100 episodes. Just just 15 more of these, Max. We're almost oh there. Goodness. 15 more? Wow. If we go back to our first 15 episodes and take our last 15, I mean, think about the difference. We're almost professionals. We could be. We're, we're going <laughs> to... I don't know if there's, we can put up a resume. Hold yet. up. I'm, hold up. Don't... Yeah, don't say that. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> legal team pops out of nowhere. Yeah, no, you, can't, you can't say that. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this uh, auditory sports journey. We're about to dive right in and get our week started with the weekly highs. The weekly highs. All right. So I've got the weekly highs this week. And the first thing I want to touch upon is my personal high. My personal high is that I actually had a very fun experience uh, that I was not expecting. I made a candle at a place called Candle Chemistry. It's literally just where you go and make your own candle. And I had a hoot of a time. And my scent and my candle came out chef's kiss. Phenomenal. What'd you put in it? I put teakwood, mahogany, uh, leather, and then a scent called what? Amber Noir. Wait, 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 wait. wait, backtrack, 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 backtrack. Yes. Because the last thing I want to be leather. smelling out of a candle is burning leather. Leather, <laughs> leather and tobacco. And then teakwood <laughs> and mahogany. Wait, wait, you... And then this scent called Amber Noir. And they all combine to make this like, oh, it's delicious. Wait, you said leather and tobacco? Yes. You're kidding. <laughs> It just smells like a smoker's den. Wait, yeah, I'm confused. Yeah, <laughs> it smells it like my like, grandmother's retirement home. Yeah, like some like like a forty year old guy's man cave. Like, <laughs> so that's kind of what I was going for. But then it came out. It's it's honestly it's, it doesn't smell like that. It smells like kind of like fresh, but a little bit manly. It's good. Wait, what does what does pure tobacco smell like? <laughs> I don't know. It's like the tobacco what does that even leaf? mean? What is pure leather? Like just like a couch. It's one of those fake scents. It's not like I'm taking a strip of leather and rubbing it in my nose like, yeah. Yeah, they're like putting it the stuff. They put the leather in a blender. <laughs> they're like, mm. <laughs> like we got the essence. <laughs> this hide is really uh it's really aromatic. Gosh, it's making this room smell delightful. You can really smell the stitching. <laughs> Yeah, okay, you know what, Shay? It sounds bad, but I sp- I promise you it smells good. No, it's really right. other. You, you, what, like you put a Amber Noir? What is that? And... What the hell is Amber Noir? Is that oh, a oh. 1940s film? Yeah, that's like where they put the red tint. It's, it's all in red <laughs> tint instead of black and white. I say, Johnny, <laughs> did you kill him? No, yeah, never. Look, yeah. <laughs> it looks like when you're dying in Call of Duty and you just have the uh, yeah. red screen, <laughs> but it's, but it's, a, it's two, two hours. <laughs> 
two hours of that screen. You can't see anything else. And it's that just in a smell. You feel like you're in critical condition. Yeah, really yeah, no, no one's coming. So, folks, if back. I haven't sold you on the ability to make your own candle, I hope I have now. Yeah, wow. We really, I really, I really took you from a high to like. Should I have done this? <laughs> Do you Uh-oh. use it in the house? Yes, it's right behind me. It's lit. It's up on my shelf over there. Oh wow! Is it on? Is it? I mean, is it on? Like I, you just turn on a candle. Is it lit? It's a clapping candle. <laughs> it's a clapping. Uh, no, it's it's not lit. But I burned it yesterday. It was very good for okay. my sports. Something that is also burning, but mm. not in the same physical way. Our two players out of the NBA. We're not going to talk a lot of basketball today. It's going to be mostly football because, good golly, Miss Molly, we have a lot to talk about this week. But for our basketball little tidbit, uh, (laughs) we have two players, Darius Garland and Joel Embiid, who were Mm. on freaking fire this past week. Joel Embiid with 59 whopping points and Garland with 51, I believe. Uh, both of them were stunning performances. The finesse, the skill, and the ability to just ignore the defenders that were in front of them was incredibly impressive. And they yeah, took their teams to awesome for, wins. Don't forget with Embiid, he had a massive line. Not only did he have 59, he had 11 rebounds, eight, eight blocks, assists, and seven blocks. Seven blocks. And I, that is he took, insane. He, I, he took 28 shots. He made, I think, like 17 Nine. or 18 free throws. Out of 20. Yeah. Yeah. And then Garland had 10 threes. Yeah. Like from, a, from a point guard to back. have 10 threes yeah. is, is uh, you just be, have to be on. Like you have to be on. And they were on. So yeah. very, very impressive. If you guys got a chance, check out the highlights. If you love basketball, I mean, Joel Embiid. Yeah. I was surprised by Embiid. So many of his shots were just mid range, like faders. Mm. He did. He was just. He was in the paint. Like they would stop because they're anticipating him driving to the rack, and he would just step back, lean back, and then just boop. He shoots over yeah. everybody. He's so big. I just expect his mid range to go in every time. He's just. It's just so automatic at this point. Yeah. Regardless of who is in front of him, it's kind of like with Jokic, where I'm just like, oh, he has like a a point one seconds of space. It's like it's going in. Like there's no yeah. way. Yeah, so. they they were incredible. So tune in to those highlights if you guys get the chance. Otherwise, Trey, tell us what's bad. We're going to the lows. Max, I I hate I hate it. I hate the weather, Max. I don't like it. It's my low. It's it, it, this weekend. What's it like? Yeah. This weekend it was it was weird. It was like 70s. And oh. I was like, this is like this is gonna be it an easy transition and we're going to get less winter and mm. it's just going to, you know what I mean? Like I get to, I get, I get onboarded into winter. I don't get like <laughs> thrusted into the job. This is your training course. We will start <laughs> with the mid seventies, enter into the lower sixties, then high fifties. Now you're in winter. Oh, could you That'd imagine? Nice. That would be so amazing. Cause you just, you never get the possibility of like shock going in and then you just turn like say you know when it's like 71 you days get sick. And yes you get sick. 40 the next and you just like have a cold yes yes i'm i'm your like nose in the point- is doing circles yeah yeah and now i'm in the point where i'm like afraid i'm like because it was 70 <laughs> just the other day and now this whole week is in the 40s up here and i don't want to go outside <laughs> i hate it I, I i don't like it uh i don't like layering although it does give me an opportunity to wear cl- like more clothes that I have that I like. I do have a lot yeah. more fall and winter clothes that yeah. I like, 
Yeah. But the fact that like sometimes I'm gonna then have to be wearing like a jacket on top of that, then what's the point? Like I'm just wearing like five layers and I can't wear the like show show the thing I like. Like you know, it's layers. Just, I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, layers, layers. I feel like I'm a cake or something. <laughs> uh, that stinks. So you're in the 40s right now? Yeah, all week, all week. <laughs> and I'm just <laughs> I'm just bearing for snow, and I I hate. I hate. I well, I hate sleet. Sleet is probably the worst. Hmm. But snow is like you sound sound kind of weatherist right now, Shrey. You, you get, <laughs> be careful. We call the legal team. They're gonna they're gonna have a, the cancellation hammer. They're gonna come down with a ban hammer. <laughs> I'll never be able to talk about weather again. <laughs> That's your privilege, Shrey. Talking about how you hate snow. That is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what else? What about sports? What's bad? Oh, um. This is going to go this is like we're going to talk about fantasy at some point in this episode, Max, but a, a big hit to the NFL and fantasy managers alike is the loss of Cooper Cup to IR. Uh, he had a high ankle sprain. He's been placed on IR. Um, it did not look good when mm. he got hit on the sidelines. It just I was like. He's not coming. He's not coming up from this. And he had, I think he had a, a, an ankle injury injury before, like prior mm-hmm. in like the couple weeks prior. But he, McVeigh immediately said, "No, I think Cup will play in the next game." So everyone yeah. was like, "Okay, cool. Like this is great. Like we don't have to worry <laughs> much about it." And Cup is a warrior, right? He doesn't. He plays as long as he can walk and. Only under major injury circumstances does he not play. This this seemed like it was just from the get go, mm-hmm. and it's going to be tough. The Rams, Max, have not been playing well, and they've been all over the place. And it's like feels like one week they're beating up on a bad team, and then you feel like, oh, okay, they're going to use this to be on a run. And then the next week, they get like they just all facets of the game are bad, right? So yeah, to not have your best receiver, right, where you've already um, Allen Robinson's not been playing well. Van Jefferson is not playing really well, right? You you don't have OBJ right now. Who knows if he ever comes back to the team or if he chooses another team? Yeah, I don't know what weapons they have. They don't have a running game, right? Like they basically only use the running game in the red zone. Stafford and the receivers, yeah. And I like who is it? like I don't think like they're gonna who they're gonna throw twenty times to Ben Skoranek. No, that's not gonna happen. So. Cooper Cup, major injury, tough to see, love the player, tough for my fantasy team. So uh, tough for my fantasy team. But uh, we will prevail, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I If it makes me feel any better, I lost fantasy by 0.4 points. <laughs> and I lost it because of one touchdown in within five seconds that we're going to talk about coming up later in this episode. So, folks, grab your forks. Grab your knives. We're going to be diving right into the meat and the potatoes of this week. We've got a lot of football that we got to talk about. The first thing is the alleged quote-unquote game of the year between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills. What a battle. The Minnesota Vikings are now 8-1. and one. Buffalo Bills slip to 6-3. and three. Now, here's the question that I have to ask. There's two kind of schools of thought that I've been seeing all over the internet about this game, about the game of the year, allegedly. Mm -hmm. Did the Bills mess up, or is it time to give the Vikings their props? 
Shrey, which camp do you fall into? Um, I give I give props to the Vikings for being able to win close games, but for this particular game, uh, the Bills messed up. The Bills were awful mm. at the end of the game. Just in terms of, you know, it felt like they had so many chances to win and to put the game away right after half. At half, it was 24 to 10. So you automatically have to think, like, where did that lead go, right? And then they get outscored in the second half, 20 to 6. So you you just can't let that happen if you're a good team. Yeah. Oh, in the second half. I mean, that's 20 to 6. I mean, that's not just, you know, you didn't get outscored 10 to 6 and you let them slip in there 20 to 6. That means that defensively, you guys need to do a reevaluation. I think... To me, the Bills' offense is so potent that I think one thing that they should really focus on is is their defense, right? I mean, you 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 trust in Josh Allen. You have guys like Singletary. You've got a lot of just like assets on the offensive end. Then you look defensively into a lot of Vikings to just kind of gain momentum. And look, I get it; the Vikings are stacked too. But but defensively, they're not like that. What do you mean? Like defensively, like it felt like the Bills should have been able to garner up more offense in the second half and in overtime than what ended up happening, right? Like we know Josh Allen isn't all the way healthy, right? He has the UCL injury. Apparently doctors have said that he wouldn't be able to re-injure it. I'm... Yeah, I, I have my own feelings about that that type of comment. Oh, we, we know how the NFL is with injuries. So yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So we don't have to get too deep into that. But they just had so many chances offensively, and at the end of that game, to make, uh, to make the and then defensively too, it felt like it was just a collapse. Right? We talk about the Jefferson catch on fourth and eighteen. Right? People are oh, go- yeah. calling it catch of the year if not you know catch of a lifetime like i know people get kind of in the moment about the comments like that and i still think that the pickens catch is as good if not better than the jefferson catch because but the scenario in which he makes that catch makes it so much crazier is that fourth and 18 the game should be basically over and he makes a one-handed catch and the guy is trying to pick the ball off behind him and he just rips it out of his hands so and then that keeps the drive alive right that drive ended up not going anywhere because kirk cousins doesn't get the the quarterback sneak into the end zone on fourth down i believe and then josh allen fumbles yeah and then josh allen fumbles the ball fumbles the snap in the end zone and that's how the vikings get their touchdown which is like like it should have been game over. It should have been a, a a run. I don't know what they could have done, but they definitely did not pick a play that got got them anywhere. And the execution was even worse. I just think the Bills kind of just went down the spiral of bad plays at bad times, and it's troublesome, right? Especially when your quarterback's not all, all the way right. If you're not able mm. to have all the other parts of the game tightened up. I don't know what you're supposed to do. Like, like you're going to keep losing games like this. 
Okay, so you're taking the opposite approach. You think that it's more on the on the Bills' offense. I do. In not in not doing that. Okay, okay. I think that I agree with what you're saying. I think for for me, watching how the Vikings get beat and the Vikings get beat when you slow them down offensively. So I think right. for the Bills' defense to not let them gain their momentum. I mean, you know, you know who they're going to. Yes, they have multiple targets, but. You know, on any given play, you can kind of identify. They're like, okay, this is where the, this is where they want to go, especially in those tight situations. And Kirk Cousins under pressure, pressure does not do the best. So that would be my uh, you know alternate game plan. But I'm no Jeff Saturday, so I can't really comment. But <laughs> what an incredible catch, Shrey! This guy. All right, for those of you that that are unsure of what we're referencing, uh, this is Justin Jefferson jumping high enough to dunk a basketball probably mm-hmm. even higher this guy's vert was insane there were two hands so the so the football was going over everybody's head right into the defending bills uh, def- uh bills defender um he had two hands the bills defender had two hands basically around the ball then yeah. out of nowhere a third hand pops up into the hand of god basically gets <laughs> in between the bills defender's hands and that hand is of Justin Jefferson as he grabs it with the hand over his head about six feet in the air and snags it down and somehow holds it onto his body as he falls again, six feet. Yeah. And he I doesn't mean, really even get control until he like kind of turns over into the catch. So the fact that he had the wherewithal to keep the hand on there and, and the strength to keep it on there at the apex and then on the way down, but then really get control before he landed so that he made sure that they would call it a catch. Right. And then I talk about it, right. Fourth and 18 is what made that catch even crazier. Like yeah. that catch. Right. And I wish they had scored on that drive. I, t- I, I was, I was telling my friends, like if they had scored on that drive, that catch would have been insane. They they take the lead on that drive because of that catch. Right. And then we think about it. Jefferson had like two more catches on his, on that drive as well. Like they just kept feeding him. How do you not cover him on a fourth down? How do you not cover him better on fourth down and let him get let, let him get up there for that catch? And then the plays after that where they basically he basically took him into the red zone. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying about the defense. They they literally saw the guys hot. The guys on fire. Yeah, yeah. I, that's just me. Yeah, I agree. You, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think the Bills the Bills are kind of like bad, but Shrey. Time to take the Vikings into the conversation here. This whole year, we've been kind of dilly-dallying back and forth. And we're like, are they that good? Are they just having a hot start? Because we know them over in Minnesota, you know, they can kind of cool down pretty quick. That's not the case right now. Eight and one is legitimate. Yeah. They've won a lot of games. Like, like it's definitely uh, good for the team if they can win in close games like this, right? Because close games go either way, and you can still be a good team and lose close games. But to win right. them, that that shows that you're tested. Yeah, I don't know if I know they're eight and one, but I've seen this too much with good with good Minnesota teams to take the cheese just yet. And I don't know how the the year will end, but I do know that I I don't I don't foresee them being a huge playoff like monster or anything like that or someone that you got to look out for even though the record like wow. i should be I, wow I should be. i should be you're saying, a hater 
Oh I'm, my I might be a hater. I just I've just seen it too many times, and I think Minnesota fans have seen it too many times to to make any like I would I would not be overconfident if I was a Minnesota Vikings. What are you worried about, Kirk Cousins? Do you think he's bit. not that guy? Uh, well, it's not even it's not even that. It's I think the defense like needs to play better in 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 these spots. Like, yeah, you can win games thirty three to thirty, but. Who knows if you're going to score 33 next time? Like, see, so one of these days your offense might dry up, and if you can't win a game like 24 to 21, right? Like, because we know the offense is going to offense is going to be good. It's not going to be like a 17 13 game anymore in this day and age. But if you can't win a game 24 21, I don't know. Like, and I and I that goes for a lot of teams nowadays, but. With eight and one, you got to be. I, I don't I, see many players on that. Defense. But they didn't play. They didn't play the Jacksonville Jaguars eight times. I, I will. Say, yeah, I will give them this. Like they the, the Bucks. The, sorry, the Bills are a, a better opponent and will score more points. But we'll we'll see. I'm I'm still not full all the way on the Minnesota train yet. Even though they're eight and one, I'm still not on the train yet. Wow. Okay. I guess. Sure. I guess I have to see. I'm the opposite. I think uh, take them to the Super Bowl. I know, no, it's from what I've seen. But anyway, wow. moving on. Wait, we have, what? I'm shocked. You, no, you no, said no. What? They're probably realistically, they're probably going to be second round. Exactly. Okay, so you think you think they make it? Pa- uh, well, that means they, and then they lose, which means at this rate, they probably get a potential home playoff game. Like if you know, yeah, everything works out so. with the Eagles, and yeah. that means they would skip the wild card round. Yes. And they would just lose the I next think. game. Yeah. So that means they wouldn't win a playoff game. So then they'd be a first round exit, I so guess. So divisional. So it's either either they win the divisional and they go to the the NFC Championship game. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I say I said what I said. Okay, you know you're looking too far <laughs> into this one. All right, that's enough. That's enough of this. All right, folks. So I've got. <laughs> Maybe just I'd be like, well, actually, I'm all about semantics. <laughs> You're going to win one playoff game or a Super Bowl. I don't know. One of the two. One right. of the two. Shay, I got another question for you before we enter our fantasy segment. Yeah. This week, who are you more surprised about winning? The Buccaneers or the Green Bay Packers? That's a tough question, Max, because I, I think I'm going to go with the Packers on this one. Mm. I think although that the Bucks win was really good, uh, against a really good opponent in Seattle. They've been playing really well. I just had no hope for the for the Packers, right? For that offense, I had no hope in the, uh, with them. And at the end of that game, the um, it just felt like they had just enough to win. And the weapon that I didn't really see coming was Christian Watson. Right, like you yeah. look at the you look at the Packers' weapons, and you think, okay, they got Lazard, and that's really it. Like, yeah, the running backs are good, but they've been up and down, especially Dylan, who people came in thinking it was going to be a one A one A situation in that backfield, and Dylan has just not played well this year. And Jones has really been the motor in the backfield that's played well. Um, oh yeah. So, so, well, except for the fact that he's wildly inconsistent on a week to week basis, but yes. But yes, but even in, even in in general, I mean, like besides kind of that stats, it just feels like Dylan's not running 
the same way. It, like he's on making the same impact that he did last year, and they're not yeah. kind of giving him that role that he, he had last year too. So I just kind of had no hope for that offense. And so to see them put up 28 points to tie the game and then win in overtime in that kind of close game, I I got to give them, I got to give them props. Like they played through some, some difficulties. Like I, you saw the, you probably saw the, the Aaron Rodgers Matt LaFleur shouting match after the fourth down play where it was just a horrible yeah. fourth down play. And I just thought, Oh, here we go again. They're going to, they're going to lose this game because they can't get their act together and they're yelling at each other on the sideline. So uh, to win that, to win that game, uh, that last drive where they were uh, Rogers passed the Lazard on the, the short slant. And then he just took it for like 30 yards. And I was like, Oh wow, they're really going to win this game with a field goal. Uh, I got to say that's the most surprising. I'm going to go opposite. I'm going to say the Bucks are the most surprising for me. That's because uh, Seattle has been playing relatively well. Uh, I'm liking Geno Smith a lot this year, um, mm-hmm. and especially after their just kind of recent stretch of games and the Bucks' recent stretch of games. I know the Bucks are technically on a two-win streak because um, beating the Rams. I was like, what the heck? This just surprised me again that they maintain the consistency. Um, you know, Julio Jones had a nice, you know, Chris Godwin – Leonard Fournette, I, I mean, they had a lot of their main guys scoring, and that was nice to see, at least from a Bucks perspective. Um, Tom Brady, you know, looked a little bit more true to form, which is also nice to see. And I agree yeah. with you on Green Bay that, man, they also just look so out of whack. But for me to have the Bucks beat the Seahawks, because I, this, I mean, the Seahawks were, you know, I thought they looked really good, beating the Giants, beating the Cardinals, beating the Chargers. You know, I, I don't know. I, I thought they looked really nice. So to see the Bucks come away with this win, uh, I, I'm going to give them their roses. I, I, All right. I would say that's not bad. Yeah. Well, it's fantasy time. Just want to say for the record, everybody, for those of you keeping score on our picks, which I hope somebody is truly, because we kind of like <laughs> our kind of not. Um, <laughs> Shrey and I both had winners last week. Mm-hmm. We both had real winners. I had Jeff Wilson Jr., who had a solid like 22 PPR points. Uh, absolute win. Jerry Judy was hurt, so I scratched that one off. Doesn't count. And then <laughs> Shrey had uh, Trey Mann, just kidding, Justin Fields, um, <laughs> who had nearly, I think – I think it was like I think yeah, like twenty. He had close to forty points. Yeah, thirty nine. Yeah, it, that was a great pick. And I actually I picked him up in my league, um, which almost brought me to a win. But yeah, great pick, Shrey. Who do you have for this week? So I'm going to start with my guaranteed. This is I and I just want to preface this. This is one of the worst fantasy weeks to be playing. Like with the people that are out, the people on buy. There's just little to no wiggle room, I guess, for a good pick. Like, it's either someone's going to play really well or you're just going to get basically zero. Like, and that's how I feel about this week. It's just I couldn't find anyone. But uh, so I'm going to have to go with my guarantee. I'm going to have to go A.J. Brown. Uh, he, he's he been kind of on and off, I would say, over the past uh, couple weeks. But he's been, and especially uh, against Washington last game, he had one catch, right? But then the games before that, against Pittsburgh, he had three touchdowns. Against Houston, he had a touchdown. So I would say against Indianapolis, where 
who knows? Like we, they had a good week last week, but I think there's some there's a there's a place for him to get a touchdown and, and some good yardage there and more than one catch. So I'm gonna have to keep him as a start as a guarantee. And then with my sleeper, I'm gonna have to go Tyler Higby, tight end for the for the Rams in the wake of the Cooper Cup injury. Mm. I think he's going to come out being their number one target. He, Matthew Stafford really looks for him, and he's been he's played well of late uh, mm. and had that had that better rapport with them. I think he'll come out with like a nine to ten target game just because I don't see any other offense on that team. Mm. Okay. I like it. What about I you, I like it. So uh, I'll tell you what. It's not Zach Ertz. Um, that's, <laughs> that was super bummer. That's tough, yeah. My guaranteed pick, and I'm feeling moderately confident about this one. I'm going to go with Devin Singletary. Um, kind of a weird one, but the way I look at it is Bills need to bounce back. They're playing Cleveland. Uh, they need to, they're playing Cleveland at home. So they need to, or at, you know, at Bills. Um, so they need to, you know, come out and make a statement. And Singletary has been the guy where, like, in games kind of like this, kind of those redemption games. He's been the guy that a lot of defenses don't game plan for. Uh, and mm-hmm. he's just had big, big, big breakout games. So I think with kind of a ratter tattered Cleveland team, uh, I think he's going to be a guy that's going to get a surprising amount of looks and probably slip in at least one touchdown. And maybe he'll go for two because he has games like that. So that's what I'm thinking. Um, you know, I know, the like we said earlier, Bill's run game isn't the best, but that's, that's where I'm going to lay my hat. And my other, my sleeper, Mm, I'm going to go with Debo Samuel if you have him available against Arizona. Uh, again, I am so low on Arizona's defense. I know they won this past week, but God, their defense is so bad. Um, so I'm going to go with Debo against them because San Francisco is looking nice right now. Yeah, but Debo's been iffy, so it's going to be That's, that's why he's my sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right, Shrey, what about basketball? Who have you got? They're playing basketball. Yeah. So, <laughs> so let's start with my uh my I think my most guaranteed type of pickup for this week, and it's Charles Bassey, San Antonio Spurs. He's their backup power forward center. San Antonio has many a game this week, and um, if you haven't picked up or someone hasn't picked him up already. I think he could be a good pickup even past this week. He's given you blocks and rebounds at a really decent rate, playing only like 15, 16 minutes a game. And if you have the space for him, and or maybe if you're a Yaka Pertle owner and kind of want to ha- handcuff in that sense, might be a good guy. Second, I'm going to go with John Conchar, Memphis Grizzlies shooting guard. Yeah, John A. John A. Desmond Bain, the news came out that his sore toe is that was like day to day kind of is now going to be two to three weeks. So uh, thank you, Memphis Grizzlies, for for really uh, taking your time with that type of news. But uh, John Conchar has been has been playing big minutes um, in in the in in the gap that he needs to fill with Bain out. And he could be in for some good re- – he's a good rebounding guard. He may And he'll hit threes too. So he may not get you a bunch of other stuff. But if you need threes and if you need 
a bunch of rebounds, especially from a position that doesn't really get any, John Conchar. And then lastly, I'm going to go with Gabe Vincent. Tyler Hero has ah, been in and pick. out of the lineup. Yep. And he's been good out. Pick. And as long as Tyler Hero is out, or if Tyler Hero ever gets a rest day here and there, Gabe Vincent has played really well, uh, especially scoring the ball. He doesn't really offer much else other than threes. But if you need points and threes, I think Gabe Vincent's a really good pickup. Mm. Okay, great picks. I, I really agree with that Gabe Vincent one. Uh, he, he's, he's a baller. All right, so for my picks, second week in a row, I'm going Patrick Williams because he was a great pickup last week. He filled the defensive categories really nicely, um, yeah. and I believe it was four games last week. Uh, no, only three. Uh, whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. He filled it up really nicely, got a solid amount of points, got a solid amount of rebounds. So just, again, somebody has a waiver wire pickup. Uh, he was doing really, really well. Uh, the other two that I have for you, I've got – I can never say his name. Alexi, I think it's Alexej, Alexi Pokashevsky of okay. Oh, oh, Alexi Pokashevsky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it Alexi? You don't say the J? That's what I thought. I don't, you know, you don't say the J. Yep. <laughs> Pokashevsky. Um, the goat, he's man. Been, lo- the goat. Uh, this guy will hit threes. This guy will get you a solid amount of points and he'll get you blocks because he's long. He is he's long. long. So, uh, and he had 14 rebounds against the Celtics. So those are the kind of stats that you're looking to get. Uh, and then my last pick <laughs> is hero of the Lakers. This is less about stats and more like, if you just need points, let me go with Lonnie Walker, the fourth, my, uh, my boy, your boy, uh, Lakers, number three uh, option. <laughs> yeah, Lakers number three Brown option. Jr. And, and, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Oh, oh God! What's his name? Um, Who's a white guy? Who's a white guy? Oh, Austin Reeves. <laughs> yes, behind Troy Brown Jr. and Austin Reeves, you're gonna want Lonnie Walker the fourth. <laughs> those are he's my picks. Good, he's gotten you threes and he's getting you points, and he gets he gets, he can get you steals here and there too. So, mm. I love hey, Lonnie. Solid. I, 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 my, our, our basketball picks, I think, have been pretty, pretty solid. Yeah, uh, I would say let's so. Let's see. All right. All right. Yeah. All right. So for our uh, next topic here, we have uh, <laughs> the goat, the greatest of all time, Jeffrey Saturday, making his NFL coaching debut. And let me tell you, folks, this man is one and no. I saw the video of him in the locker room getting people fired up, and the Colts beat the Las Vegas Raiders. Matty Ice. He gave Matty Ice wheels for thirty-four rushing yards. He inspired this oh man God. to move. I mean, they beat the Raiders. They made Derek Carr cry. They did. Oh, my they did. God. <laughs> they really did. And it's just shocking in any way you slice it. But Jeffrey, two- Jeffrey, Jeffrey, <laughs> Jeffrey. The two storylines coming out of this, right, are one – how much did that team or that organization, the front office, hate Frank Reich, right? Because it just feels like they've undone everything they they did to him. Where they told they basically Frank Reich was almost it felt like he was almost forced to go with Sam Ellinger. That Sam Ellinger just stinks it up in two games, and then Reich gets fired, and then they bring in Saturday, who has no coaching experience, and they're like, um, and then Saturday's like, oh, Ellinger stinks which 
they probably knew before the break started him. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we could just go back to Ryan. And then everyone's cool with it. Yeah. So, like, I just feel like Frank Wright got thrown way under the bus. And yeah. I just I just I just hate that for him because he's a good coach. And that I, team yeah. did not give him enough effort from the yeah, from right. say down. Well, yeah, right. You're looking at you're looking at Jim Ursay, who yeah. literally hired a high school coach to run his organization. Run he just team. hired his friend. He just hired his buddy. I like, know, his like, buddy. Hey, I, exactly. Like that's all he did, and then then allowed him to actually make a, a decision that Frank Reich would have probably made. Like you well, think listen, Frank he doesn't know what rookie? goes into sausage, but he knows <laughs> football. Look, he's I, the, yeah, I, he's he he's he, of the top four teams, Max. He's in the upper quartile of the upper quartile. Mm, yes, indeed. <laughs> For yeah, Frank Wright got done dirty, but I think more importantly, Shrey, the other storyline is Derek Carr crying. He's in his press conference, he's like, to finish that question, I just want to talk about. It. He was a mess, Max. He's 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 not he's not good enough, Max. I think that's the thing we've learned is regardless no. of how bad like the coaching has been this year, which we can say there's been a bunch of coaching decisions where you're like, huh? Like, why are they running here? Like, like, you know what I mean? But Derek Carr has just not been good enough. He's just not making the throws. Max, do you know he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This is his ninth year in the NFL. And he's 59 and 77. Is that, that's not a, that's not a, 59 and 77. Yeah, that's not a a representative. That's product. not a middling quarterback. That's not a middling quarterback. That's not even go 40, 50 percent. Well, I mean, like you know, fifty. Yeah, that's not even that's not even a middling quarterback. He's not even five hundred. He's like eight. He's eighteen games under five hundred, right? And your that's quarterback a, he's a has season to, under five hundred. Wow. Yeah, he's your quarterback has to even regardless of the team if they're considered a good playoff, Super Bowl contending type of quarterback. Right, a franchise ultra, franchise quarterback, they're gonna have to win you games that you most probably wouldn't win if you had a middling bad team. Right, you're gonna have to steal some games. He's not even stealing games when they have a good team. They got freaking Devonte Adams, and Josh Jacobs is a like a top three running back this year. Like, what are they doing? He's just not good enough. And then he, I understand that he he's, he has he's passionate and he has emotions and. But when you when you're part of the reason why you put that product oh, on this, and it's not even this year, don't cry. <laughs> like, no, like it's bad. Like he's just been bad, and I understand that it's like it's a debacle of a season for them. But uh, he's, uh, no, we can't. We no longer, guys. Raiders fans are going to come out of the woodwork and be like, "Listen, this year." Da, 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 da. I just want to go back to the comments that everybody was making prior to this year. Be like, oh, we got Devontae Adams and we have a healthy Josh Jacobs. That's a wrap. We got Derek Carr because you guys paid Derek Carr and you guys, everybody backed him up. They're like, yeah, this is our quarterback. Now, I'm just saying, and now you gave him the weapons. You wanted to give him a trial run. You're like, oh, now, because look, look at what happened in Miami when you actually put weapons around somebody like Tua, who's actually decent. Right. The guy performs. You look at Derek Carr. You put weapons. You did because they put weapons around him. The guy's still choking on a big fat egg. Yeah, and I I, I totally agree with that. You definitely need to compare yourself if you're the Raiders to Miami, and that yes. Tua has flourished in that offense. They 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 figured out not only did they bring the players 
that Tua needed, right, in terms of speed. But the offense is built around Tua. It just feels like Derek Carr is not living up to any of the offenses that have been up there in, in Oakland or Las Vegas, and it's just it's just year after year. He hasn't done enough, regardless of the team, and they finally give him a piece that should be franchise-altering, right, in, in Devontae Adams. And they he doesn't he doesn't he can't make the throws or the decisions and in the timely moments like you're not two and seven after you, they just went to the playoffs last year Max and now they're two and seven that's right. not the sign of dis <laughs> of of a bad I'm sorry I'm sorry I just yeah. want to hold every Raiders fan accountable because you guys are. You guys are like the Philly fans of football. I feel like Philly yeah. Eagles fans are not like Philly 76ers fans. But my, my the different, yeah. <laughs> I think the Philly 76ers fans counterpart in the NFL is Raiders fans. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say, I'm going to say it. That's my take. Okay. That's my hot take. Okay. Yeah, that's a good take. <laughs> that's, I'm just going to say it. But I think you guys need to hold yourselves accountable. You need yeah. to think about where you were at at the start of the season. You're like, yeah, we got this. We got Devontae Adams. And Devontae Adams acting – he's feeling like a fool right now. He's looking, Man. He's looking back. He's got a picture of Aaron Rodgers on his nightstand. It's a Wolverine. I, for some reason, both teams lost. <laughs> yeah, both teams lost somehow. Yeah. 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 All <laughs> right. Thanks for this year, yeah. Trey, one last thing for everybody mm. before, before we go. The king, the undefeated king, has been dethroned. Uh, and I was talking to somebody at work, and they said, I think the Eagles are going to go undefeated. <laughs> wow! Well, Little that, did they know they were going to play the Washington Commanders. <laughs> literally, the the next couple of days, boom. <laughs> the next couple of days, boom. Uh, the Washington Commanders dissembled the Eagles. The mm-hmm. Eagles were riddled with turnovers, and my favorite turnover was with five seconds to go. All the Eagles had to do was literally nothing to lose the game, and somehow they turn the ball over. They fumble it, gets returned for a touchdown. Making oh, it literally with that's it to end the game. Can you imagine? I don't, I don't know what the 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 betting lines were like, but could you imagine if you lost your bet because of that? That both time. made and that that <laughs> made and broke people's people's bets for sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. You just can't. And then that other the la, the other play I want to talk about is that um that fumble, the the face mask fumbled. I don't even. Just a horrible play that got Dallas Goddard injured, basically, because of how bad it was. Um, I don't, I didn't understand. What, I know, I know it ended up. I don't know if it ended up. Uh, wait, let me let me make sure. Was that an actual touchdown? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, all right. Let me let me restart a little bit. But yeah. um, but yeah, the other the other the other play I want to go over is that. Dallas Goddard, that that face mask call that wasn't called as shit. It was a clear face mask call. And if you see the ref on the sideline, he's looking straight at it. And they and and then the ball comes out. They call it the fumble. And then they let the play go on until it goes and then it becomes a touchdown. And I know they took the touchdown back, but Goddard got hurt on that play. I don't know how you missed that face mask call. But yeah, the Eagles did get did get jobbed on a on a couple things. And yeah, they got jobbed, yeah. but Shay, they also like they turned the ball over so many times. Yeah. So for me, I, I think that's something that you're gonna take the Eagles still a very good team. 
at the end of the day, they're still a very, very good team. I think mm-hmm. you guys just had a rude awakening. Yeah, yeah. And it was the first, it was, I think Jalen Hurts, they said, only has three interceptions on the year. This is his third interception this game. And That's great. it came in a loss. So I think if you can get Jalen Hurts to throw in an interception or two, like he, like he did maybe in previous years, you got a good shot of winning. Like, I, I think that's about it. <laughs> and that's about it. Well, sure, I couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget to follow our socials. Uh, and we have a link tree for all of our Amateur Hour stuff. Uh, yep. Yes, uh, this has been another episode of Amateur Hour, a professional sports podcast by people who have never played professional sports. I'm your host, Max, along with... Shreyas. And we will see you next time. Peace.